Hey, everybody, welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast. Man, we're so glad you're here with us today. It's a beautiful day here. I hope it's a beautiful day there. Hey, as you all know, every marriage adventure is different. And uh, and we celebrate those differences in these marriage adventures. And so from time to time, we like to highlight a couple who's found their, their God-assigned mission for their marriage. And we let you hear their story. And today, we're really excited to let you hear from our our guests, Greg and Julie Gorman. And Greg and Julie are John Maxwell certified coaches, teachers, and authors. And having discovered their own purpose in their marriage, they know they now have a purpose to teach and inspire other couples to live purpose-focused rather than problem-focused, which that we can all get stuck in that from time to time. But together, they've co-authored several books and Bible studies, and we know that you're really going to be blessed by their story today. Greg and Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, we're excited to be here. Thanks for having us. What a great honor. Yeah. Hey, so we, uh, talking about stories, we love great love stories. And so tell us real quick, how did you guys meet? Well, uh, Julie came into to my workplace one day, which was becoming her workplace. She was a trainee. And uh, we had a mutual friend, and he was on my team, and she came in to talk to him one day and and i i asked him i'm like when she once she left i said hey man where'd you get that one (laughs) (laughs) and he's like no it's not like that and so after we bantered back and forth for a little while i tried to convince him to set me up with a date for which he tried and failed miserably (laughs) and so eventually uh, uh within a month or six weeks or so i think julie was working a little overtime and and uh i walked up to her and i said hey what are you doing tonight and she said, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to watch a movie. And I'm, it was Friday night, by the way. Hmm. And so I said, oh, cool. So uh, you're going out with some friends to watch a movie, huh? And she says, no, at my house. And I'm like, oh, cool. So you got some friends coming over to watch a movie at your house. Huh? And she said, well, no, just me. And so I politely grinned and told her, no, you're not. You're going out with me. And so that was <laughs> our and our first date. Oh, and here, let me add to the story. By the end of that first day, the next day, he told me, he goes, I'm going to say something to you, not to scare you, but that one day you'll remember this. We will end up together. Wow. And I thought, you want to bet? But it was so funny. (laughs) Six months later, Fast and Furious, we became best friends. And I was kind of going through a really difficult season. So I was not looking for any man in my life. And Greg came along. You found one anyhow. You have chased me. You did. Yeah, chased me. Uh, But yeah, no, we we ended up becoming just best friends. And I remember one day in particular, we were having lunch. And uh, he made me do one of these hard belly laughs. And when I looked back up at him, our eyes connected. I thought, oh, crud, I've fallen in love with this guy. So Uh, six months (laughs) from the first day that we went out together. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Wow. So, I would recommend that any of our young children, though. <laughs> it is what it is. Too late. They've probably heard the story a million wow. times. I know. <laughs> but, but you know, when your kids, if they find somebody like that, man, I mean, now I was going to ask you, Julie, did you like that, uh, that forwardness or was it attractive oh. or was it more of a challenge? It was more of a challenge. It was kind of, it was fine. I think funny because when he asked me out, I thought, <laughs> 
uh, yeah, like with you or like with the whole group of people, because I was not going to go out with this guy. And when he said what he said, Daniel, I literally thought, boy, you're really kind of cocky. But here is my big plans. <laughs> my plans for that Friday night was to go home and watch The Little Mermaid and eat like macaroni and cheese. So I thought, go out with this guy, go home and watch a kid's movie. All right, yeah. I get it. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> I'm so glad I did. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So on that note, hearing that story, we I think it's time that we have a little bit of fun. All right, All right, so we have we have a game we like to play when we interview people, and it's called Lightning Round. So we're going to give you a minute, maybe two, if you make it interesting. And we're going to ask you guys some questions about your relationship, about each other, and we want to hear some we want to hear some answers. All right. So oh question number one, Julie, you didn't watch The Little Mermaid. What did you do on that first date? <laughs> Uh, we went to Blimpies. Yeah, we went to Blimpies and then went out with a bunch of friends and did some Cotton Eye Joe. That's fun. fun. That's fun. fun. Okay, so how would you spend, and obviously you're very busy people and, and fulfilling God's calling on your life, but how would you spend an off day if you could do anything? Uh, we would uh, take the boat out to sea. Oh, mm. nice. We're kind of, zip lining. We're kind of adventure junkies. That's fun. What kind of boat? Uh, well, it depends. We're a member of a club, and so we get to choose from a couple of different types. But it would be a it would be a, a center console dual engine boat if we had our preference. Arr, 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 arr. Sea that sounds yeah. like Tim the Tool Man Taylor's kind of boat. That's awesome. Arr, arr, arr. <laughs> okay, so which one of your kids is most like Greg? Oh, our son. Yeah, no question, Joshua. Our youngest. Yeah, and he's full of it. <laughs> and, and which is most like Julie? Uh, summer. Our middle. Our middle. Yeah. Mm. That's okay. good. That's good. All right. So if you happened upon um, $1,000 buried in the ground today, you can't invest it. You can't do something smart. What would you do? How would you spend it? I'd go find some hotel, nice hotel, and stay a couple of days overnight with Julie and eat good food and relax. Mm. How about you? something different thousand dollars in the ground i just found it i probably dig for more <laughs> <laughs> smart lady that's very smart very smart okay so what's your favorite place you've ever traveled to mm. Ooh, we've gotten to travel all over the place um i would say my favorite trip probably was either costa rica or puerto vallarta that would be my answer as well okay nice mm, okay so on that if you can go anywhere in the world you've never been, where would you want to go? We're getting ready to go to Africa, so that one's already done. I'd say Israel. Oh, yeah, yes. it would be a tough one between Israel and going to Egypt to visit the t uh, the, the pyramids and things of that nature. So me. since we're and people, we'd say Israel and Egypt. Yeah, there you go. Nice. That works. They're nice. all over there. And, and if you need some people to go with and hang out, call us because we've never been either and we want to Absolutely. Go. There you go. All right. We're going to marriage, marriage adventure together. That's, That's right. right. That's right. All right. That was fun. Well, hope you guys learned a lot about our guest today and uh, we want to dive in and get a little deeper because I believe that their story can resonate with most anybody. I mean a lot of people get married and we think there's going to be this immediate happily ever after that we're just you know things are just going to work they're going to click it's going to be easy but 
you guys said that uh, your first few years of marriage, you fought passionately like every single day. And even though you were Christians who love God and each other, you could hardly stand to share the same room. So, you, you know, you wanted to be connected, but felt powerless to get there. So can you tell us a little bit about that season of your marriage? Oh, boy. Yeah. So, Bonnie, you know, Greg and I both came from dysfunctional uh, backgrounds. Greg actually was kidnapped as a kid. We could keep you entertained with our kind of upbringing. I grew up in a family where every abuse was present, physical, emotional and sexual abuse. So when we got married, we had no paradigm. Like we loved Christ passionately. We loved one another passionately, but we fought just as passionately. Wow. And had no idea how to make Christ the center of our home. Mm. Um, so we were borrowing philosophies from everybody, but had no idea how to really live out a normal kind of lifestyle. We thought that it was Greg thought it was his job to uh, put me in my place. And I thought it was my job to be his Holy Spirit because mm. of my background. I was trying to create an atmosphere where I couldn't get hurt. Mm. And I had written all these vows across my heart that no man would ever hurt me again. And so, you know, we often teach that you find what you're looking for. um, You gravitate towards what you contemplate. And so the truth was, is I wasn't expecting anything good from Greg. Mm. I was looking for him to hurt me. I was looking for him to disappoint me. And if you look long enough and hard enough, you can find that in anybody. Well, and I think. You know, um, in addition to what Julie's talked about, you know, we we both did drag a, a ton of baggage into our marriage. Um, we had both been married and divorced before uh, our own selves um, for for biblical reasons. We'll leave it at that. But um, all of that to say, you know, I, I also had a, a crazy hothead temper. And so I had no idea how to healing from all of the scars and the wounds from her past. In fact, I was quite offended by the whole thing. You know, here I am Mm. paying for everybody else's sins when I wasn't the one who made these deposits into this woman. And so um, I would just lose my cool, you know, when she would be jealous or um, when she would play 20 questions and play detective with me trying to be my Holy Spirit. Fair enough. Um, But in my immaturity, uh, I kind of pridefully responded uh, with a lot of rage a lot of time and took it very personally. And it would be easy and justifiable in some way to do mm-hmm. that. But it doesn't mean that it's right and it's going to lead us into the type of marriage that we wanted. Right. And so I think somewhere along the line, you know, uh, the lights begin to come on and it wasn't like all at once. It's like there was a dimmer switch and it slowly came on over the course of really over the course of about seven years. And then there was a series of turning points after that. But it was really, it was really, really difficult in the early days because we're both two very high spirited individuals. And, and as we say in many of our writings, you know, we we loved each other passionately, but we absolutely fought passionately as well. And we didn't know how to be in the same room together in the early days. Wow. So you said that everything changed for you in one night. That, that was kind of the catalyst. Do you mind sharing what happened in that night? How did the Holy Spirit break through? Yeah, it was a it was a significant turning point. I I think you know just for the sake of of, of clarity, you know, I, I don't know that I would say everything changed, but there's no question that in this one moment, I'm going to let Julie tell you about that. But in this one one evening, 
the the trajectory of our marriage and our relationship train uh changed drastically in a different direction love you want to talk yeah about so that? we had another one of those knockout drag out fight as i walked back in the house i remember i walked past my kids room and i thought god i've went through one divorce i don't want to go through another wow. so change me change him i don't care who's right who's wrong anymore heal my marriage and I remember then I, I went into kind of my normal mode and started telling God all the ways that he needed to change. I'm like, don't you see how he does this? And God let me exhaust myself, quite honestly. Um, I was a blubbering mess, just uh, just a hot mess, just cried myself to a stupor. And then there came this place of this quietness. And I remember God saying, Julie, I want you to love Greg like I loved you. And immediately my mind went back to a place where I was sitting at the edge of a bar. Um, my intent was to get as drunk as possible, as quick as possible. And at the midst of that moment, the Holy Spirit stepped in and said, Julie, there's nowhere you can run that my grace won't, won't find you. Mm -hmm. As all of this is going on, I'm having this conversation with God and in true Holy Spirit fashion, the way he speaks to me, I wish he spoke audibly, it'd be easier, but he speaks to me in these one-liners. So when he's saying, I want you to love Greg like I loved you, immediately my mind raced back to that season of my life. And I remember thinking, God, this is a bar. You're not supposed to be in a bar, right? It was unconditional, unmerited love. Uh, he just loved me unconditionally. And so I knew what he was saying is, I want you to love Greg regardless of whether he ever gives you what you think you deserve. And so will you entrust? And then the next thought was, will you entrust him to me and allow me to change in him the things that I think need to be changed? And oh, by the way, will you let me change in you the things that need change? And so again, all of this is just happening in an instantaneous moment, an instantaneous mm -hmm. thought that I knew I needed a whole new level of surrender, not just for my life, but for my marriage and to entrust that God would have my back, that he would be my defender and to love Greg without conditioning. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I think encapsulated, uh, Daniel and Bonnie, for, for us it, in that moment, God did something. I had a similar experience, you know, around at, at the same time. But what happened is, is we went internal rather than external. We started looking within ourselves yep. for our own accountability and what we could bring to the table. Uh, it began a process of, uh, of us learning how to communicate like adults instead of idiot kids mm -hmm. with no temperament whatsoever, you know, or tempering uh, and begin to really uh, try to conversate about how to overcome things and how to understand one another rather than constantly just trying to be understood and grinding our axe, you know. Mm. Uh, so, again, it wasn't like a magic pill and we woke up the next day and there were butterflies and rainbows. Uh, it's still a journey today, mm -hmm. uh, oh, two decades later, um, but it's something that we take seriously and we work at it because we understand what the payoff is and we understand what's at stake as well. Yeah, I think a lot of times couples have this idea that, okay, something's going to happen. There's going to be this catalyst. It's all going to just get magically easy. But what you're saying is God began to reveal to you something instantaneously, but that was a that's a process to get to a place where you're living that out. That's it. And it became a process of creating new habits. So instead of expecting to be served, 
Mm-hmm. God was calling me to serve. Mm-hmm. Instead of finding all the things that were lacking in Greg, God began to help me to find all the things that I loved about him. Mm-hmm. And again, we find what we're looking for. And so I began to search for all the things that I did love about him. And when I released the expectations, I mean, I think there's certain expectations you should have in a marriage relationship, but I released him of those mm-hmm. in a sense and began to just work on myself and the things that I needed to do in order to make uh, our home a place of rest and peace, uh, laughter, joy. And so there were things definitely Greg needed to change, but equally what I couldn't see at the time prior to that was all the ways that I needed to change. Yeah. And it was two way street, you know, I mean, we, we both again, just had to be willing though, to enter into, see when we're having uh, problems, when we're hitting speed bumps, when we're getting overwhelmed by all of the things that were probably perfectly justified in feeling, you know, uh, in how we're getting the short end uh, uh, in, in our marriage, when, when we're in that space, uh, then it then it just is perpetual. But when we reach the spot that Julie described, and again, echoing, I, I reached the same space where it was like we didn't care who was right or wrong mm. anymore. Uh, it was it was just God. Let's 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 get this thing fixed. Let's let's get this right. We want what you've got. We're tired of what we got. Mm-hmm. And so as we really entered into that process, and we're willing to quit pointing fingers outwardly and start looking inwardly and slowing all of our conversations down and in, instead of reacting responding uh in love uh and we didn't always nail it and we still don't you know uh we do way more than we used to that's for sure because it's a new way of life uh, but we believe that that is one of the first gigantic steps of entering into the process of healing and learning what it looks like to actually live a godly marriage and how to honor one another on a day-to-day basis isn't it amazing what can happen in marriage when we don't care who wins? Oh, amen. You know, amen. Absolutely. Right. Wow. I mean, no, no team uh, fights against itself and, and expects to win. Mm-hmm. You know, if the team, if one side wins or the, the whole team loses. So that's, yeah. that's amazing. And I, I can only imagine during this process you had to have had some sort of support network around you, encouraging and pouring into you through this. Did you have that? And who? what, what did that look like? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, as we mentioned earlier, there's certain things about our life that we would not prescribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say that we had a terrible lot of support. Now, we know that um, that it is essential for couples to have a support group and support team around them. Um, We were active in church. And so there were some things that were completely non-negotiable in our life. And one of them was attending church and taking our kids to church and, and all that good stuff. But, but ironically in our case, we were actually put in a leadership position fairly early on. We were still hair, teeth and eyeballs at home (laughs) trying to get through it, but we, we we uh, we led a a, a a Sunday school class, for lack of better description, uh, for a young married group. And the young married group, we, we kind of resolved before we went in to, to agree to, to lead this group. And so in this way, we did have support. It's just that we were kind of the figureheads, right, love? Yeah. <laughs> and so but but we we agreed before we went in and accepted this position. We said, OK, we're going to do this. 
we're going to do it authentically. Mm-hmm. In a way, we had support because I think that we are wired as leaders. And uh, because of that, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. And um, and we know that vision leaks and all these, you know, these other things. And so and standards tend to, to, to leak, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, and so very cognizant about that. And so in a way, our accountability was that people were depending on us to get it right. Mm. And people were depending on us to to grow and become better. And because of that, I think it did cause us to double down. Man. You know, one of the things, though, Daniel, uh, we really did lean in. It was a, it was a maybe non-traditional support group, but we were reading books like The Power of a Praying Husband, The mm-hmm. Power of a Praying Wife. Yes. We were saturating ourselves with maybe not physical presence of the, that uh, mentoring, but we were growing and growing our leadership. And a lot of our leadership as we were growing in business, as we were being stretched by thought leaders like John Maxwell, um, we were growing independently and then began to bring all of those principles into the home. And so, again, today we would we're surrounded by spiritual giants. And I would say yeah. that our growth is exponential because of that proximity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would, again, endorse highly. If you're in a marriage relationship, we think every married couple needs to have some type of a mentorship or coaching aspect in their relationships. Yeah, yeah that's good. Well, now you have this passion to help couples live with purpose by stepping in their God-given design. What do you... What do you mean by that? What What's your heart behind that? What's What's that look like for a couple? Oh, I love that question. Yeah, I'd say there's there's we could go pretty deep down the rabbit hole. I'm going to lead out, and then I want Julie, if you would just follow kind of where I leave off. I think that one of the things that we have learned over the years is that all thought leaders over time have agreed on one central point. Now they've disagreed on a lot of different things. They've gone to war on some of those things, Uh, but it doesn't matter whether they're Baptist or Buddhist, whether it's a present day thought leader or a thought leader in past, they've all agreed on one central thing. And that is that we do in fact become what we think about. Mm. And uh, King Solomon said, as we think in our heart, so we become And so we have learned to pay really close attention to what it is we're giving our attention to. And it's something that I think for most of us, we're not as cognizant of as really what we should be. And so the way that this becomes very powerful in a marriage relationship is just what Julie was describing earlier in that we find what we're looking for. We'll just take this one sliver. It's 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 we could go much deeper, but just in this one piece. Um, if if we find what we're looking for, then then why, when we're in these difficult seasons, do we spend all of our time articulating and catching our spouse doing things wrong mm-hmm. and articulating those things and speaking those things and constantly giving all of those uh, uh, negative things our attention? Whereas if we could begin to speak life over our spouse, if we could be intentional about catching them doing things right mm. uh, and drawing them up in that way rather than what is our nature. And it's a natural reaction. I mean, I said, I don't know why I do know why we do it, but it's not going to move us in the direction that we want to go. And so when we move from just, just a basic understanding of that 
think about what we're thinking about mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and begin to be much more life-giving in our thoughts and our words, then that's a first step in the right direction. Now, we also know that God is an intentional God and everything that he does, he does with intention. He doesn't just haphazardly skip through, you know, uh, uh, time and space, right? Uh, And so he created each one of us as individuals with a purpose. Now, most of us may not know exactly or many of us may not know exactly what that purpose is, but we would we would probably all agree that he probably had one. Mm -hmm. And so we maintain that if he created each of us with a purpose when he put us together then he had a purpose in mind. Again, he's an intentional God. And there's no use in debating whether he put us together or whether he didn't put us together. That that leads nowhere good at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. If we're together and we've made the vow, then he -hmm. put us together. Let's just go with it, okay? And so with that level of resolve, um, we we have a process that helps people begin to discover that. And I'll let you kind of pick yeah, up some so of the I'll, I'll give a, a 15 second blurb here. I, I would just say that just as there's no such thing as a Christian without a calling, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as a marriage without a ministry. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes we think of ministry as being a pulpit or, you know, having to write curriculums, but that's not it. It's it's more of God has a design and a purpose for the unification of the team, right? So Daniel, he's got a fingerprint designed for you. Bonnie's got a fingerprint designed for you. And when you guys married, God held in mind an intent and purpose for that marriage union. Um, And the more that we can discover what that is, now we have common ground. We parent differently. We use our finances differently. The more that we can get into the purpose for which we exist together as a team, and by the way, the strength of the team is in the diversity of the team. Mm-hmm. And so God puts two believers together because one will put a thousand to flight to 10,000. But most of the time, we're so busy trying to figure out who's right or who's wrong mm-hmm. rather than leverage one another's strengths. So we like to we have a process that helps couples discover what that purpose is. And as they discover that purpose, it helps them to begin and to shape what they say yes to, what they say no to, how they make decisions. And it's a powerful process. And we're passionate about that because now all of a sudden we got couples pulling together towards what they both want versus being divided because of all the things they don't want. Let me put a bow on it this way. Uh, Most of the time if couples have speed bumps or start having trouble in their marriage, the person across the table wants to dive into all the problems and give that all of the focus. Let's find out whose fault. Let's figure out what 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 drives this behavior and all these different things. And we're not saying that there's not a place for that. But what we do is very differently in that we use the problems. It's easy for us to articulate what we don't want, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, the problem is what we don't want. But when you start asking people what do they want, that seems like that's much more difficult to articulate. Mm. And so as we do that, we help them discover kind of really what their uh, not only their purpose, but their vision is their ideal vision for their life and their marriage together. Wow. Man, and you know, it's so amazing when you think about how God has created us so different from each other, but he puts us together to accomplish more together than we ever could have apart. But those things that are so different, like you say, sometimes we look at those and we just want to focus on all the negative. But if we could embrace those things that God has put us together, the the differences and, and draw close to each other rather than picking them apart, there's no telling what God could do in our marriage adventure. <laughs> Yes, Amen. I love I love you know what you said. We all we all know what we don't want, so 
let's let's uh, it's that solution focused type of, of of counseling and let's move forward let's find out what we do want and man i love yeah. that that is so good so good well thank you guys so much for being with us today and sharing your story and uh sharing i love some of the some of the ways the, the little stories about how you met and some of those fun things but also how i just see this redemptive grace ribbon running through your whole relationship and through your whole marriage mm-hmm. and you guys have a ministry that I know that our listeners could really benefit from. So can you share with them how they can find you and your resources? Is there anything you'd like to add to that? Oh, I love that. You know, um, we'd love to give a a free gift if we can for everybody who's listening. Mm. Uh, They can text the word family to the number 33777. And we'd like to gift them the entire Thrive series. It's about a $250 value. It'll give them 10 videos free of charge. So they can do that if they just text the word family to 33777. Other than that, um, yeah, they can go to marriedforapurpose.com and pretty much all the social media handles are married for a purpose. Married for a purpose. Wonderful. Man, that's, that is very generous. And listen, to compensate, go find that thousand dollars that's hidden in your yard and that'll probably pay for all these, <laughs> pay for all these resources that you're giving away. I, I'm going to go get a shovel and just start digging, Daniel. It's, it's there. It's there. I promise you it is. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. We have so enjoyed it. Thank Bless you so you much for having honor. us.